First off, have you listened to any other episodes? Nope. Well, fuck you too. <laughs> well, you, I didn't even know anything was going on. And then Morgan was like, you were talking about doing an episode before. And I was like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? What, what the fuck is going on? And Morgan was like, yeah. And I was like, why am I out of the loop on this one? I thought I could have swore I mentioned it to you. My bad, my bro. <laughs> But you were actually, you were on my short list of people I had to have on here, and I'm sorry it took so long. It's just been, you know, we've both been busy. Oh, yeah, I know. Since you've never listened to it, I do an intro. All right, hold on. Let me take a sip of beer. Hello, world. Welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. I'm your host, John Flores, and today I'm joined by, well, let me give a little background on myself. I don't particularly believe in soulmates. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in the concept of a soul. If I did believe in soulmates, I would say that my guest today is as close as it can come to a soulmate. Today, I'm joined by my best friend, Ben Casson. How are you doing today? I am great. Another day in paradise here in ridiculously stormy Louisiana. Oh, it's stormy over there? Yeah. Oh, that sucks, man. Um, we've been friends, God, for like fucking six years now, huh? What year was that? Yeah, that. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. And that's a long time. I know, right? We we used to work together. We used to live together. With this, this is going to be episode seven, which I recorded episode six with your lovely, lovely life partner Morgan. We, the three of us used to live together in a very interesting living situation. Good times, good times, happy memories. Oh yeah, definitely. But before that, we really bonded over, I think it's fair to say, I think we bonded over two things. Mel Brooks movies, and of course, Star Wars. I think that's fair. Now, I love Star Wars. I love it. I tell everybody that Star Wars and the New Orleans Saints are the two closest things I have to a religion. We, you love Star Wars. You actually even have a Rebel Alliance tattoo. Oh yeah, I'm scum and proud. <laughs> I I remember I was I had to have been four or five the first time I saw Star Wars. Do you remember how old you were? I don't know how old I was when I saw Star Wars, but I remember it's probably one of my earliest memories at a movie theater. I when uh, when they did the re-releases of the original trilogy. Yeah. I remember seeing uh, Empire in yeah. theaters. And you would, I mean, let's let's get to the skinny of it. You would say that Empire is definitively the best. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, when I was younger, you know, I might have argued that, the, like, I knew how the original Star Wars movie was better. But, you know, as I've kind of grown and appreciate the story more and everything, I would definitely put empire at number one we both saw the new one force awakens together opening day as soon as we could which was god it was a that was such a great day oh such a great movie i love i love the force awakens maybe it's derivative maybe it's a carbon copy of a new hope i don't care i love that movie so much so much Oh, yeah. I'm probably going to throw it on the TV after we get done with this, actually. We both, well, I don't know if you do this, but I would say both of us affectionately refer to episode 4, 5, and 6 as the Holy Trilogy. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But this episode, 
of the discussion I wanted to do was about trilogies. What is the best trilogy not named Star Wars? And I got a list together. It's just a quick list. It's got about eh, about 20 different franchises on it. And okay. I just want your take on them. Like, what do you think? How do they stand up? Where Do you think, are you high on them? Are you low on them? And since we're talking Star Wars, we'll talk to its, I would say its cousin, the Indiana Jones trilogy. We're going to pretend like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull never happened. Fuck that movie yeah. forever. Yeah. Yep, yeah, that sounds good to me. How do you feel about the Indiana Jones trilogy? I like it. Of, of course, Harrison Ford as Han Solo is always going to be his number one role for me, but I mean, Indiana Jones, kind of discounting, as, we, as we're doing, discounting Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones has to be his second most iconic role. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you know, it, it's great. I like it. I mean, I will say, I love Raiders, and I love Last Crusade. Yes. But I am not super crazy about, what you call Temple it? of Doom. Temple of Doom. All That's right. the one. I think we've had this conversation before. Brace yourself if we haven't. Temple of Doom <laughs> is my favorite Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, I remember you saying that, and I just don't, I just don't get it. It's it's like, just, uh, okay, I love, like, I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's one of the few films I would say classifies as a perfect film, like from start mm-hmm. to finish. Love Last Crusade, love Sean Connery, Junior, Junior. <laughs> and it gave us the classic line, no ticket. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I love both of those, but I'll be the first to admit that Temple of Doom has its flaws. I can understand why it is the redheaded stepchild. Before there was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, there was Temple of Doom, and why people don't like Temple of Doom. I love it. If you know anything about Temple of Doom, Spielberg made it right after he went through a very vicious divorce and was at a slump in a low period. So it it was a darker tone, and it reflected that time in his life. I love it because it's just so bizarre. Like if you, it's so radically different from Raiders of the Lost Ark when it comes to. Almost every part of it, like, it really isn't an Indiana Jones film. Like, it's this weird, like, just escapade of this dude named Indiana Jones. And it really, it really doesn't fit with the other two. And Last Crusade was made in response to that. They really made it almost identical to Raiders of the Lost Ark because of the backlash they got from Temple of Doom. So I understand why people don't like it. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's just... I, d- I don't appreciate short round. Who, who is a really offensive character in these modern times? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I don't appreciate short round. The whole thing just feels so campy to me, and in a way because because Raiders was not campy, and after they made Temple of Doom, Last Crusade was not campy. Yeah, but Temple of Doom was just. It's just it, so campy. It I mean, was all like, over it, the place. Yes, it like the the um the mine car oh, scene near the end love, of the movie. I love like, that it, scene. It but it feels like they were like, hey, I bet we can make a roller coaster out of this if we put it in the movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, <laughs> funny story about I don't know if you were aware of this, but uh, MPA rating system, the PG thirteen was invented as a direct response from Temple of Doom. Because, well, because of the heart scene? Yeah, because it's a PG-rated film, and parents were like, whoa, what the fuck is going on in this movie? <laughs> I think that was either the direct response or direct cause for it, or along with another movie. I can't remember the other movie off the top of my head. 
that forced the MPAA to create the PG-13. Moving on, how do you feel about the Nolan Batman trilogy? I like it, and I will also, you know, like what you said with Temple of Doom being your favorite movie, I will go ahead and say that Dark Knight Rises is my favorite of the trilogy. What? Damn, dude, that's a hot take right there, man. Yeah, I know. That's insane. I, uh, I, I, okay, I'm also in the camp of, I think Dark Knight Rises gets a bad rep. Uh, was it, there's no, it was a victim of its own success. Very similar to Star Wars. When the middle installment is such a success, the third mm-hmm. installment, it cannot outdo it. It's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. I have to disagree. I, I love, I really like Dark Knight Rises. Bane is one of the best characters I've ever seen. Yeah. And I have a really... <laughs> I like Anne Hathaway a lot, especially in that Catwoman outfit. But Marion Cotillard, I shit you not, I think Marion Cotillard is the most beautiful woman on this planet. Seriously. I know. She is... Oh, man. But definitely it goes to The Dark Knight because Heath Ledger redefined what a comic book villain could be and i think that that movie is the pinnacle well these days i think captain america civil war is the best superhero movie of all time but as far as redefining the genre and making it people actually legitimately taking superhero films seriously like legit seriously we have to owe that to the dark knight yeah that's fair and i agree Heath ledger did give an amazing performance and i think we've had this conversation before i think that not to take away from the performance at all but i think that it is you know, kind of exaggerated for it more or less being Heath Ledger's last role. Yeah, the circumstances film. around the role, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, 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 I have respect for Heath Ledger. I think that he did a great job, and he brought a lot to the character of the Joker and made him more complex and a more interesting villain. But his death kind of... It was a, it was a bit of a footnote in the film that, that kind of can influence the way that people think about the movie. Not uh, to say that it's a bad movie or anything like that. It's a really good movie, but... I disagree with you, but I hear where you're coming from, and I completely understand what you're talking about, but I I buy into the fact that it's, like, one of the greatest villain performances we've ever seen. Uh, moving on. How do you feel about Back to the Future? It's a fun movie. Well, it's it, a fun set of movies. Yeah. But, I mean, you can also... There, there's some weird stuff that happens in there, like... Uh, Incest? You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's a myriad of, of things that, uh, that I've seen on the internet <laughs> about about how, like... Like, the scene... Oh, I forget which, which movie it is. I think it's the third one? No, it's the second one. The one where... Um, there's a scene where Marty gets saved when he's, like, falling into that tunnel. Oh, yeah. I think that's the the second one where he gets saved from the Biff's car is chasing him down and the little rope of flags come down from the DeLorean and he's saved that way, right? That's the one. Yeah. And and so there's, there's, there's all that stuff written about how, how, how many times Doc Brown watched Marty die so that he could get the timing perfectly right. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> That's, it's it's really funny. Any time travel movie, it's, it's an interesting plot device, but it also is its own worst enemy because it creates, like, plot holes like that. Like, 
Mm-hmm. It's really effective, but it causes a lot of more problems than it really is worth sometimes. Like, if you think about, wait, wh- why? Wait, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say the second one is my favorite, but I really love the first one, and we got to give it up. If it wasn't for the Back to the Future franchise, we would not have Rick and Morty these days. That is definitely true. Okay, we got to. I'm not saying we got to breeze through these. We're not going to dwell on anyone for too long. Sounds good. Since the new Born has come out, I'm not going to go see it because. I've seen the first three, and they're probably all the same movie, but how do you feel about the Bourne trilogy? I guess they're fine if you're into that whole action kind of deal. I mean, uh, my, my, my big takeaway from those movies is there was one time that I, I think it was the third movie. I went to go see it in theaters with a friend, and we got there a little bit later than I wanted to, and we were stuck sitting in... The, the front section of the uh, theater because there wasn't anything further back. Yeah. And the entire movie was filmed in shaky cam, more or less. Oh, yeah. And so definitely. I had to, I spent, you know, a good portion of most of the action sequences of that movie with my eyes closed because I was going to throw up all over the place if I had to watch shaky cam for any longer. How do you feel? You're a huge James Bond fan. <laughs> and you can, if you look at, the reboot, Casino Royale. You can see a lot of influences from the Bourne trilogy, like how it became, James Bond became a lot grittier and a lot uh-huh. more, you know, indestructible and super badass fighter who yeah. would get punched a thousand times but still get up. And you can see there's a lot of influence from the Bourne franchise. How did you feel about that? Do you, do you think that that is a legitimate influence or do you, how do you feel about it? I mean, I, I don't know enough about action the history of action movies like that to know what really started the trend of the gritty reboot you know but that yeah. that's something that's pretty prevalent now yeah Everything i would gritty reboot i mean we've got ben hur coming out the gritty reboot of the movie that i in no way needed to be rebooted i would speaking of the nolan trilogy i would say that batman begins you could probably pinpoint that as the modern day origin of a gritty re- reboot yeah yeah but yeah, so I mean, you can see some influence there. I do appreciate that I'm not, you know, there's not shaky cam all over the place in the new Bond movies. <laughs> That's always a plus. We can talk about the other, probably the other most famous modern day trilogy is Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. So, you, have you read the books? I've, I've tried to read the books. I cannot, I, they're just not for me. I right? don't think that I finished them the last time that I tried to read them. And I, I don't know that I've ever actually I, th- I think i got i know that i read all of fellowship okay. um and i think that i got through most of two towers but okay. i don't think that i've ever touched return of the king they're just too hard to get into yeah but the movies i think are incredibly accessible and very definitely. entertaining and very entertaining definitely which uh yeah, yeah. everyone loves return of the king I like Return of the King a lot, except for the 6,000 endings to that movie. But I have, a, I have a warm spot in my heart for Two Towers because I really love the Battle of Helm's Deep. I thought that that was one of the most brilliant segments of a movie. I was like, God damn it. It's fucking amazing. It is. Two Towers, I think Two Towers is my favorite of the trilogy. I, I, on, you know, the multiple, I've got all the extended editions. Yeah. And so on the multiple viewings of, you know, the marathon, uh, I have found that I 
immensely enjoy watching them when I skip all of the Frodo and Sam scenes in yeah. Return of the King because that is the part of the story that is so slow. And, yeah. you know, there's some stuff that you want to see, like, I'll watch Shelob's Lair, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. Or when Frodo is trapped in the tower before they go into Mordor, mm-hmm. you know, that's interesting. Or, you know, obviously the climax when they're in Mount Doom and Frodo gets his finger bitten off. You know, those are interesting. But I don't, I don't care to see... Frodo and Sam sleeping on the rock on the side of a cliff while, you know, the next 20 scenes where they're involved are just them climbing slowly. Yeah, I I like Sam. I like Frodo. I love Gollum. I still think it's a crime that Andy Serkis never got nominated for an, an acting award because it was mocap. And his performance was so ahead of its time and so brilliant. Like, I love yeah. Gollum. Gollum, like, when he's doing his, like, like split personality talk to each other oh, it's so, like he's so it's so good man yeah definitely uh, i guess we'll move on to a couple of historically famous ones how do you feel have you seen all the godfathers you know i have not i've i have i have the, the set of them yeah just waiting for me to go through and watch all of them yeah but i haven't done it yet i think that's a it's a generational thing like if you talk to people our parents age they love the godfather i gotta tell you I like Godfather 2. It's really good. Godfather 1 is incredibly boring, except for the ending. I love the ending of Godfather. I have not seen Godfather 3. I was told to skip it and leave well enough alone because I hear it's a fucking train wreck. Fair enough. I actually just recently watched this trilogy this year, the Dollars trilogy. And you know Morricone's... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen any of those, but I've been meaning to because the Western drama is one that... I enjoy watching, I just don't find myself watching it very often. I can tell you, I I watched all three. I I think they're still on HBO. No, I don't know if they're on HBO anymore, but when they were on HBO, I watched them. I can tell you that there's A Fistful of Dollars, which is really good. I really like that. Then the next one is For a Few Dollars More, which is kind of, it's whatever. It's kind of, you know, it's good, but The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly truly is the best one. It's the third one. It is so good. Like. It's really long, I'm not going to lie. I fell asleep in the middle, and then I picked it up. But, dude, I'm telling you, it is so... You can tell that Nino Morricone really... No, that's not Nino Morricone. Nino Morricone did the soundtrack. Who am I thinking of? Nino Morricone did the soundtrack. Sergio Leone, oh my god. That's the one. Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. I call myself a film buff. Jesus Christ. So, Sergio Leone, I'm sorry, really perfected... It with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like it really is like so good. And Clint Eastwood, uh, you don't know much about Clint Eastwood's character. He's he plays the same character throughout. And the good and the bad and the ugly is actually a prequel to the first entry, A Fistful of Dollars. And it's really you don't know much about him. He's obviously the man with no name, and he's called yeah. different names in each one. But it's really good, and he's such a badass in those films, dude. I'm telling you, you I think you'd really enjoy him. Next, let's talk about kind of a, a descendant of the Dollars trilogy. How do you feel about Robert Rodriguez's El Mariachi trilogy? I've seen all three of those movies. Mm-hmm. El Mariachi, the, the, the first movie, you can, you can really tell that it's Rodriguez's first movie. Yeah, he made it for $7,000. It's very obvious. <laughs> yeah, and 
you know, there's some low-budget movies that I can get into. Like, I love watching Clerks. Yeah. I mean, I can really relate to Clerks a lot. Yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> but that movie, I watched it because I wanted to see it, and it was it was a hard watch. You kind of have to grit your teeth and go through it because Desperado is one of the greatest action movies, in my opinion, yeah. ever. It is so well done. And and then you get to see Salma Hayek naked. You know? What more can you want? In my opinion, Salma Hayek was the finest thing in the 90s. <laughs> I love Holly Berry. I love Jennifer Lopez. But Salma Hayek is definitely number one. Yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't too high on Once Upon a Time in Mexico when I first saw it. Especially because Johnny Depp didn't. I didn't really get the point of Johnny Depp's character. <laughs> and you had Willem Dafoe play a Mexican. I'm like, I don't really know about that. But in El Mariachi, I mean, Antonio Banderas was almost like a side character in his own movie. But I watched it a few years ago and I was like, okay, this isn't this isn't so bad. It just, it, I was like, eh, it could have been a lot better. Yeah. Um, so, so, so definitive question. Yes. Is it better or worse than the Spy Kids trilogy? I only saw the first Spy Kids. I never saw the other two. <laughs> okay. All right, let's talk about another one that we're both fans of. The Cornetto trilogy. You know, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, At World's End. Obviously, Shaun of the Dead is another perfect film. Uh-huh. Especially since I'm a huge I'm a huge George Romero zombie fan. And yeah. when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God. Someone else loves these movies as much as I do. <laughs> I would say that Shaun of the Dead is my favorite, but Hot Fuzz is pretty damn perfect as well. Hot Fuzz, Hot Fuzz is really good. Shaun of the Dead, I, I, Shaun of the Dead is, is always going to be, it's going to hold a special place for me because the previous to that, my experience with horror comedy was like scary movie. Yeah. Enjoyable as those movies are, you know, fart jokes kind of get old. Only the first two scary movies were funny. I feel like At World's End was also really good in its own way. I really dug it. I remember me, Morgan, and Steven went to go see that movie. And me and Morgan were fans of, obviously, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. And Steven hadn't seen uh-huh. either one. Me and Morgan uh-huh. cracked up the entire time we were in that theater. And Steven, I doubt, laughed once. So some people just <laughs> don't Some people just don't get it. So yeah. moving on, we can talk about the George Romero Living Dead series. You've seen Night of Living Dead, right? I have not, I have not gone through the annals of classic horror. Well, the best thing about Night of the Living Dead is that you can go on YouTube and watch it for free because there's no copyright on it. That is awesome. Actually, it's very interesting. In a weird way, it's actually a good thing he didn't copyright it because because he didn't copyright it, it was shown for free in so many different theaters that it became that popular. Because it's actually a really, mm-hmm. it's actually a really good film considering how low of a budget it was made for and like just how random it was but it actually because it was shown at places for free it caught on so when he made his sequel dawn of the dead everyone was like oh i love night of living dead and then they went and saw dawn of the dead and dawn of the dead it's it's a slow burn it's not like modern zombie films that are all like jump scares and like being chased by like thousands of zombies at once this movie is more about like paranoia and confinement and it's a critique about consumerism and all this shit so it's really it's really good dawn of the dead i like the remake that Zack snyder did but the original dawn of the dead is is extremely well done 
and there's Day of the Dead, which is kind of forgettable, but it, it kind of has a message, an anti-militaristic message, but it's actually really good too, but it's not nearly as good as Dawn of the Dead. So let's talk about, oh, how do you feel about the Matrix trilogy? The original movie was great. Yeah, I would say that's, yeah, that's another perfect film. It's a, it's a great movie. Um, it's it's great sci-fi. Yeah. Um, great action sequences. Fuck yeah! It was. I, it's a great movie. The second movie, it's got a bunch of really cool fight scenes, but it's not like I wouldn't call it a good movie. Mm. Well, I wouldn't call it a great movie. I'll call I'll call it a good movie. I like to watch it. Yeah. I'll say that. The third movie, however, it just got so bogged down in philosophy. Yeah. The there's like there's the the two climaxes with the real world fight and the the matrix fight between Neo and the army of Agent Smiths. Yeah. And those are the parts of the movie that are interesting. <laughs> I actually disagree with you. I am in the minority here. I love all of the films. I think that Yeah. I, I don't know if this makes me enlightened or, you know, blind. You know, I don't know which one, which way I fall into it, but I totally bought everything that they were trying to do. Like, I get it. I don't, I'm not going to say the, the second two are as good as the first film, but I totally, I got every step of it. I was like, I totally bought in. Everyone's like, it got bogged down. It's kind of up its own ass. What the fuck is going on? But I, I maintain that I was like, no, it all makes sense to me. So I... I, but I don't expect other people to get it. I'm not trying to sound hipstery right now, but like I, I, I totally, I totally get everything about it. I love that trilogy so much, and a lot of people hate those fucking movies. <laughs> okay, let's talk about another trilogy where the first one was really good and the second two are kind of. Eh. How do you feel about Pirates of the Caribbean? I, I don't even remember if I saw the third one. Um, well, it's okay, so I know I saw the first one. Yeah. And then the second one, I don't remember what happened in the second one, but I'm pretty sure I saw that one. Is the third one, is that the one with the Kraken and the, and the, and the, uh, Actually, the, the Kraken, uh, so, okay, so, the first one obviously is great. I think everybody should see that. That's a great film. Mm -hmm. Uh, the second one involves Davy Jones. That involves the Kraken. Not as much as you'd hope, but it involves the Kraken. And then the third one, actually, the Kraken is killed off screen, and the climax is the Maelstrom or Whirlpool, where the two ships battle. And I really like the first one, but the second two, I I just was like, this doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I don't get why everybody, I don't get why anyone is doing anything. This is just really dumb. Like I. There are good parts of both films, but it's just, like, I can't stand Orlando Bloom's character. Keira Knightley gets on my nerves. The two, I think, like, every, and of course Johnny Depp is good in both of them because he's fucking, Jack Sparrow's a really cool character. And I love Bill Nye in him as Davy Jones, and I love Jeffrey, uh, what's his face? Jeffrey, yeah, Jeffrey Russ as Barbosa. But other than that, the films are just dumb. They're just like, like, what the fuck is going? Why are we doing any of this? This is so fucking dumb. <laughs> Aren't yeah. they making like a fifth one now or something? Yeah, they, uh, it's being made right now. Who the fuck cares? It's just like <laughs> nobody cares anymore. Let it go. <laughs> okay, 
since you're a big James Bond fan, how do you feel about Austin Powers? I love Austin Powers. Those movies are just... I, I don't know if it's because they came out at a time yeah. when, when that was funny to me, or oh, if, if I saw them now, I would still think they were funny. I, I feel like if I saw them for the first time and now, <laughs> I would still think they were funny. Yes. I, I actually... Which one did we watch recently? We watched the first one a couple of weeks ago just just for fun and there was so much stuff that I had forgotten about it, 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 it was just so stupid and hilarious and, <laughs> the whole and then <laughs> the whole group therapy with Carrie Fisher oh my god <laughs> and then and then as the trilogy goes on the characters that that Mike Myers creates they just get better and better yes and you know because you, you get in the second one you get fat bastard oh god who's a hilarious character and then you have him being more comfortable in the roles of dr evil yes. and austin powers and then in the third one you have all three of them and then you have gold member yes and then you've got michael kane in there too <laughs> all of a sudden and um, beyonce for no good reason dude you know how old? You know what's really funny? She was nineteen when that movie came out. Nineteen? Yeah, she was nineteen years old. Jesus. Or twenty, something like that. And like Mike Myers was like forty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember I didn't. I think I saw the first one when I was a kid. I mean, it came out in ninety-seven. I don't. I don't think I really got it. But the second one came out in ninety-nine. So I was nine years old, and I remember my mother. Oh, God bless her. My mother let me and my brother go see that movie by ourselves. <laughs> and The Spy Who Shagged Me, in that that was one of the first movies I saw as a kid where I was literally on the floor in the movie theater, <laughs> asphyxiating from laughing so hard because I was like, this is the funniest fucking thing I've ever fucking listened to. <laughs> it was that whole scene <laughs> where he's, where's the giant penis-shaped spaceship. Oh my god, I fucking died when I first saw that. It was so funny. The funny thing is that all of those jokes, all of those running gags, like, it's the same joke, and it never gets old. No! That's the thing, I'm like... (laughs) Oh man, it's just... uh, I love... I gotta rewatch him. I think I still... No, I gave him away. Damn. I gotta find a way to rewatch those, because those are fucking timeless. Okay, let's just jump to, hmm, how do you feel about uh, the Captain America trilogy? I mean, you didn't, you weren't as high on Civil War as I was. I think Civil War is the best superhero film of all time at this point. How do you feel about, I, yeah. I, okay, so the first Captain America was fucking terrible. Oh, I disagree. The only purpose that it served was so they could say, hey, guess what, we're making the Avengers next time. Like, I, t- I, t- I was super excited when the movie was coming out because fucking Elrond was going to be playing Red Skull. Yes. And then it just felt like a waste because the movie was fucking bad. I a thousand percent disagree with you. I love the first Captain America. I thought it was brilliant. It, it, it just seemed like they were like, we got to get this shit to fit in here somehow. Look, when I first heard that Chris Evans 
who played the Human Torch in the Fantastic Four, and he, him and Michael Chiklis were probably the best parts of those films. But when I heard that he was going to be Captain America, I was super skeptical because I was like, that doesn't sound like it's going to work. I don't really buy into that. But I was so happy with Captain America, the first one, because it was so true to the character. They made Captain America cool. Like, he seems like a cool character. And I, I have a huge crush on Haley Atwell, fine as shit. I loved Tommy Lee Jones in it. I loved the Howling Commandos. I loved the Red Skull. It was so well done. Like, I was like, I am so into this. Like, you don't understand how easily, how easily that film could have gone south. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, I love it. It's, and then Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier was good. Winter Soldier is my number one of the trilogy. Yeah. I, um, I gotta, well, obviously I'm biased with Civil War because I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, but I thought Civil War was perfection. 11 out of 10. It's so fucking good. But Winter Soldier, it's really good. I mean, it has old Sundance as the bad guy. Spoiler alert. And Falcon is really good. My boy Anthony Mackie from New Orleans. And it's, it's, it is really good. I don't love it as much as everybody else does, but I, I will say it's definitely something Marvel can hang their hat on because they've you know, they've been killing it lately. Yeah. We're not even going to talk about Iron Man because I don't really want to fucking waste my time on Iron Man. <laughs> okay, how do you feel about the Mission Impossible trilogy, like the first three? I know they've made five, but how do you feel about the first three? Um, it's been such a long time since I've seen those movies. I yeah, mean, yeah, we're not going to spend a lot of time on these because this is really, it's not that great. I mean, Mission Impossible, I, I enjoyed watching those movies and I mean, they helped to solidify Tom Cruise as a as an action star. Yeah. And I mean, there was some cool stuff like that, the, the scene in, in the first movie where he's, you know, like being lowered down yeah. into that shaft by, by a rope and just kind of suspended there doing his spy shit. Yeah. I mean, that's an iconic scene, you know, so it holds a special place there, but I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's just cause it's been so long, but it's not super memorable for me otherwise. Well, None of the movies are. Well, it's really funny how, especially with the first three, because there's three different directors, and they all have very different styles from each other. Like, first one's Brian De Palma. It's very thriller-esque. It's not very, like, action-packed. It's very, like, spy genre. And then the second one is directed by John Woo, who, if you know anything about John Woo, is balls-to-the-wall action. And, like, <laughs> and, and it's just, like, very stylized and shit like that. And then the third one's directed by J.J. It definitely had an alias feel to it. Like, you you were like, oh, well, this is just a generic, like, action spy. So it was kind of like a... You could argue that it's kind of an amalgamation of both. But I really like it because they're all good films on their own. A lot of trilogies don't hold up as films on their own. And I feel like it's a good franchise when they're they're all self-contained... They all have their own point. They're all kind of their own story. And I, I, I just really dig that they all, even the fourth and the fifth one, while they kind of flow into each other, even those two also are their own stories. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you want to Do you want to talk Die Hard? Not particularly. Yeah. The first one's really good. The second one's good. The third one's good. The fourth one's really good. That's all you really need to know. <laughs> okay. Although I could... A lot of people don't like Die Hard 5. I don't care what those people think. Bruce Willis can play John McClane in Die Hard 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and so on, and I'll pay money to see it because I fucking love John McClane that much. 
winding down here. How do you feel about Toy Story, the trilogy? I like Toy Story. Toy Story, I mean, the original Toy Story, what, I mean, maybe not anymore, but at least what kid our age didn't grow up watching that movie? Yeah, for You know real. what I mean? Like, and then even, it, it, it still works now, yeah. you yeah. know? It's still a good movie now. It holds up. Yeah. If you think about the that sec- film is 21 years old. Can you believe that shit? That's ridiculous. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, and I'm happy that that, you know, that that was kind of, kind of the beginning of Pixar. And yeah. it was, I mean, it's a great, it's a great start to the, that whole empire. The second one is definitely the weakest link in, in the trilogy, but that yeah. by no means makes it a bad movie. Yeah. It's speaking, just it, the least yeah. good. Except for the Cars franchise, which is just an abomination out of John Lasseter's <laughs> asshole. It's just, the, Pixar really doesn't have a bad film. I haven't seen mm-hmm. a lot of their recent stuff. Like, I haven't seen The Good Dinosaur. I loved Inside Out. I didn't see Brave, but I heard good things. But Toy Story 2 is just the le- the weaker link, but it's it's really good if you take it yeah. as its own thing. Yeah. So Toy Story 3 is my favorite, honestly, because I think Toy Story 3 is brilliant. Although I have my I have my reservations about Toy Story 3, even though I love it a lot. Mm-hmm. Without bogging ourselves down too much, the scene in Toy Story 3 where they're past the conveyor belt and they're heading towards the the inferno, the pyre, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I have a huge problem with that film because they all kind of just give up and accept death. And Woody's like the last one to keep fighting and then he sees Buzz and Buzz kind of sends him the message like, we're all going to die together. And I'm like, whoa! This is not a message to be sending to children. What the fuck? And then, to add insult to injury in that one particular scene, they literally, literally are saved by a deus ex machina with the claw that comes and saves them. I'm like, wait, what the fuck just happened here? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I love Toy Story 3. It's the, I think it's the best one, but at the same time, like, it's not perfect. There's, there's, I have a huge problem with it, but I love it a lot, so... Do you want to talk Mad Max, or do you hate Thunderdome that much? I, I really hate Thunderdome, but I mean... Fury Road kind of made up for Thunderdome, though. Yeah, I mean, if they want to just, you know, throw away Thunderdome, like, burn burn the originals. Just, just get rid of it. Purge it. Okay, we can talk... Well, X-Men has two different trilogies at this point. Yeah. I still haven't seen the newest X-Men movie. The Apo- I never Apocalypse? saw it. It's it's good if you liked Days of Futures Past. It's not too much of a stretch that you'd like uh, Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. I'll tell I'll say this: X Men Apocalypse is the X Men Last Stand we deserved. Like if you uh-huh. X Men Last Stand is not good at all. It's nope. it's really dumb and it's really a shame uh, Brian Singer didn't direct it because he had to go off and do emo Superman and Superman Returns, which was its own clusterfuck. So nobody won in that one. So X-Men Apocalypse was really good. It was the film that we should have got instead of X-Men Last Stand. But I would say that the newer trilogy, First Class, Days of Futures Past, X-Men Apocalypse, the better trilogy. You know what I'm saying? Are you basing that just on how terrible Last Stand was? Or... I might be because, like, as much as I really like First Class, I really like Days of Futures Past, and X Men Apocalypse was just as almost as good. I would say it's just as good as First Class. So, 
there's I don't find I don't think there's a weak link in that in this new trilogy, but the older trilogy, X Men Last Stand, is just it's just bad. It is really bad. Uh, but, yeah. But I mean, the original X Men movie was great. And X Men Two is really good. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to talk about Spider Man because I can't talk about Spider Man Three. I I will not talk about that movie. <laughs> I, I don't even I pretend it doesn't exist. I just don't. Just a quick I just, aside, how many times did you see that one in theaters, though? <sighs> okay, you have to understand something. Spider Man One came out May third, two thousand two. Spider Man Two came out July second, two thousand four. The next Spider Man, Spider Man Three, did not come out until two thousand seven. I had to wait three years, three whole years, for a follow up. So I. It heavily invested in this film and bought before it came out. I bought five tickets to this film before without even seeing it. I bought five tickets to different showings, and I went to every single one of them. And I have seen that movie more times than I am proud of. I saw it five times in the movie theater like a fool. But goddamn it, I'm stubborn. I was like, I bought five tickets. I'm gonna watch this movie five fucking times. And I'm not. God, you got me started. There are good things in that movie. They are few and far between, but for overall, that movie is just awful. Like, I, anyway, that, that's all I got. Did you want to talk about any other trilogy you can think of? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what else there. I mean, the only other trilogy that came to mind at all is, you know, for lumping the uh, the Simon Pegg trilogy as, as a trilogy we could maybe lump Monty Python oh, yeah, that's as a right. trilogy see I, I didn't think of that because I'm not high on the meaning of life like I love Holy Grail love Life of Brian but meaning of life it just except for the Every Sperm is Sacred song the, the movie doesn't really do anything for me oh, there's so much good stuff in that movie though I disagree like there's the uh <laughs> There's the scene with with the incredibly fat guy. Yeah. That goes into that restaurant and explodes. Such a great scene. And then, and then, <laughs> I think death is always going to be one of my favorite parts of that movie. There's, there's the one scene where <laughs> where death goes to that dinner party. Yeah. And it's it's the English people hosting the American people, and. Death gets pissed off because the Americans keep interrupting him and he just wants them to shut up. <laughs> it's so funny. It's such a great scene. Maybe, I, I'll probably give it another shot now that I'm an adult. I watched it as a teenager. It did nothing for me. Maybe I'll appreciate it now. Speaking of, speaking of death, also the scene right before that where the guy is sentenced to death and he gets to choose his own execution so he decides he wants to be chased around by a bunch of half-naked women (laughs) (laughs) until he gets chased off the side of a cliff and dies. (laughs) Uh, I I thought of two other trilogies that just popped in my brain. Okay, how do you feel about Oceans, the Oceans trilogy? I like Oceans 11. Oceans 12 seemed kind of strange to me. Yeah, it was really dumb. And and Ocean's 13 just felt like Ocean's 11 again. Yeah, so. it was practically the same film. And lastly, I, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just call it a trilogy because it'll give us an excuse to talk about Mel Brooks. Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, and History of the World. I would like to think that they form 
uh, a loose trilogy because I think they were I'm pretty sure they were all made back to back to back and I think I mean those are my three favorite Mel Brooks films right there so I love Spaceballs yeah. though and I, I do love Robin Hood Men in Tights and Dracula Undead and loving it silent movies really good what else am I missing High Anxiety I, I like a lot I, I still haven't seen To Be or Not To Be him and Anne Bancroft I, I haven't seen that one yeah I haven't seen that one either I like high anxiety, but I'm not a big Hitchcock fan, so it kind of it really doesn't do anything for me. Silent, yeah. silent movie's really good, but his trilogy in a sorts of Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, and History of the World. That's those three movies are perfect as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Young Frankenstein is definitely my favorite comedy of all time, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what I would take of a favorite of of all of those. I mean. I think I think History of the World was my introduction to Mel Brooks, so that that one's probably going to be pretty high up there for me. Hey, you ready? Hey, ready. Josephus. Hey, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, dude, anytime someone says it'll take a miracle, <laughs> or or do you know do you know the punishment for assaulting a Roman soldier? They shove a living snake up your ass. No, but that's very, very creative. <laughs> or Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Judas. Try the malt wine. It's delicious. <laughs> I love History of the World so much, but Young Frankenstein, I'm not even kidding. When The first time I saw the Frau Blucher bit, Dude, oh god! I think I think my my mom was worried I was about to die. Like I couldn't breathe. <laughs> there was a when I played in the youth orchestra. There was a guy that played violin that I was friends with, and whenever we had a down moment, he would start playing the theme. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's pretty much it. Since you've never listened to an episode, at the end of every episode, you've watched Inside the Actor Studio before, correct? Yes. You, are you familiar with the questionnaire at the end uh, by Bernard Pivot that James Lipton borrows? Mm, no, I think I just kind of watch bits and pieces of the show. All right, well, it's a, it's a questionnaire. Uh, you want to do it? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, cool. Now, okay, so what is your favorite word? Probably defenestrate. Fucking Scrib spelling bee word right there. Fuck. It, it means to throw out of a window. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, what is your least favorite word? Least favorite word. I don't know that I have a least favorite word. They're not one that comes to mind easily. Okay. Cool. What turns you on spiritually, creatively, emotionally, physically, sexually? What What gets you going, man? Probably a good song. Okay. So music and shit. Yeah. Well, you come from a. Your parents are both musicians. And you mm-hmm. play guitar. Yep. One of the better guitar players that I personally know. Woo! Yeah. Okay. On the flip side, what turns you off? Traffic. <laughs> Fuck traffic, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is my favorite question. What is your favorite curse word? Oh, recently, after watching a lot of Top Gear, cock has been, has been a, a favorite. Like, um, like cock? Yeah. Okay. Like, as a as a frustrated uh, expletive. Okay. Mine, 
my personal favorite is God fucking damn it. Like, I, oh, it's so cathartic to scream that sometimes. Like, God fucking damn it. Yeah. What sound or noise do you love? Waves breaking on a shore. Yeah, it's very relaxing. Yeah. What sound or noise do you hate? Nails on a chalkboard. Oh, yeah. Pretty, pretty not creative, I'm sure, but. No, uh, mine is squeaking styrofoam. I absolutely hate that sound. <laughs> Okay, so you're you currently work in the service industry. You work at a country club in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, I mean, it'd be cool to do research. I mean, that's what I want to do. So you're a physics guy, which I can't stand physics, so boggles <laughs> my mind. What profession would you not like to do? Anything in probably like investment banking. Okay, so like, like I work in accounting. Like you wouldn't want to deal with like numbers or banking or shit like that, huh? Not really. Just not. <laughs> you are. To me. Yeah, I don't think I mentioned this, but you're you're Jewish. You're one of God's chosen people. That's me. Okay. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I think it'd be cool if like I walked up there and then. We had, like, some secret handshake that I didn't know <laughs> while I was alive and just got up there and was just like, you know that scene in Black Dynamite when, <laughs> when he has to prove his blackness? Yeah. Like that. Okay. All right. That's different. I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> okay. So that's it, man. Any parting words? Anything you want to say? Nope. I think, I think we got it all covered. All right, man. I love you. I love you and Morgan, and I especially love your cute little baby, Emmy. Uh, Kiss her for me. And, uh, man, we didn't even get to talk about fatherhood. Maybe we can talk about that one another day. That sounds good. All right, man. I love you. I'll talk to you later. All righty. All right, bye.